Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming to the Dads, Beards, Nerds Prime Podcast, episode 19. The podcast where one of us can grow a beard and the other, not so much. My name is Anthony. And I'm George. And today we are joined by a very fucking special guest, author, journalist, podcaster extraordinaire, my man, Jono Peck. Peck or Petch? Yeah, you nailed it. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, that's quite an intro. Thanks a lot. <laughs> well, Jono, uh, I've had a uh, man crush on you for a while, a podcast man crush. And like we talked about with uh, your podcast, you're one of the people that, that helped inadvertently light a fire under my ass, uh, even though you you weren't actually like around me just watching your or listening to your podcast and just w watching you on Twitter and the way you handle business was uh, a, a deciding factor in me wanting to do a podcast, you and the wonderful Cheeks Jr., who's another fellow kind of funny best friend. So uh, I just want to say thank you for that. Well, thanks again. And we just before this recorded my podcast with you, which won't go up for probably a month or so after this, but I'll be sure to be uh, throwing you throwing some uh, praise to you when that's up on the uh, on the social media so oh. people can look forward to that it's a bit of a teaser thank you so much Ooh, bit of a tease oh yeah, yeah. i like it i and like I should it say, like i i uh, i should say i don't have a beard i can't grow a beard to save myself i don't have any children but i'm definitely a nerd so I, I <laughs> you hit one hey, of that, the three yeah, yeah that's fine that, that means you're in that's all good that's okay george is the only one who can grow a beard mine just comes in like a white trash uh jack sparrow couldn't even get that far so like an even white trash here jack sparrow like i'm his <laughs> i'm his like trailer trash cousin who sells the high seas on a double wide nick beard is as far as i can get and no one wants to see that <laughs> no i'm one. sure there's 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 some sort of uh there's some sort of a uh, community where that's like their king <laughs> well, I, need to, I need to find that that i would be the king <laughs> there's gotta be there's, there's gotta be like a like some sort of like weird weird online site where you can make money off neckbeards i just you know it's the internet you can make money off anything nowadays it's it's kind of gross to just talk about let's let's, let's get out of it <laughs> all right all right all right let's jump into housekeeping <laughs> if you enjoy the podcast please check out our daily news posted monday through friday and an occasional review posts on saturdays that's right i finally changed the goddamn template for the housekeeping i'm so proud yeah. of you thank you george thank you if you'd like to support the podcast other than listening please check out our Anchor page at anchor.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds where you can donate to us via the support this podcast button and sign up for a monthly donation of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 per month. We've got incentives for that on our Discord. We've got a group where you could get, you know, monthly PC codes. You get to, you get to have like a, a chat session with us once a month. Um, we're just trying to reward people for that. So if you would like to do that, go right ahead, anchor.fm slash dadsbeardsnerds. Next up. We've written up a sponsor template, so if you know a business that would be interested, please DM us any of the, uh, their social like media platforms, their their links, so we can get a hold of them, contact them, and throw our pitch their way. Find us on Twitter at Dad's Beards Nerds, Instagram at Dad's Beards Nerds Podcast. Find our Discord link in our Twitter bio. We are building a community of wonderful dads, beards, and nerds, and nerdy people that aren't dads or have beards. So... Find us also on twitch.tv slash dadsbeardsnerds, which we hit affiliate. Thank you so much to everybody who came to the podcast Twitch and just watched and followed and just engaged. Thank you so much. Um, we're going through the affiliate process now. So once the affiliate process is finally done, we will have an official affiliate stream. So thank you so much. Next up, find George on Twitter at ghioco. That's G-H-I-O-C-O. And find me, Anthony, on Twitter and Instagram at dadbodplays. It's, I'm not going to spell it. It's pretty self-explanatory. So first and foremost, Jono, what are you playing? Uh, so I just got Anthem. So I've been playing a bit of that in the last 24 hours. Or the I last. Like it. I do like it, actually. It's, it's uh, vibes of Mass Effect for me to be interested at the moment, mostly in the gameplay, not so much in the story. That hasn't really grabbed me. And part of that is playing with, you know, my brother and friends. Like, you're not really... All the dialogue that's happening during the missions, uh, the cutscenes are fine. Like, the game looks quite good. Definitely looks a lot better than Andromeda, which isn't yeah. that hard. But, yeah, I, and the combat is super fun. And I haven't experienced any of the issues that people have been 
kind of rattling on about aside from the loading times. So I'm yet to encounter any of those online uh, hang-ups or, or issues that have seemed to be the plague of this game since people started to experience it with the, uh, the early access. But I'm sure it will come. I'm probably only five or six hours down, so... I think that the um, all the hate Anthem is receiving is ridiculous. Yeah, dude. The, um, I was gonna meant say the Anthem hate train is like wild right now. Steam ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have a lot of these people. They they tried the demo. It's a demo. Of course, it's gonna have issues. Or not even a demo. It was the beta. They tried the 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 the, the beta. It's a beta. This game isn't fully released. It's gonna have issues. And everybody is on this like Anthem hate train. And here's the other thing. All the people are on the Anthem hate train. Uh, yeah, stuck through Destiny 1 and 2 through that first year when all they did was complain about how bad it was. And you're not going to give Anthem a fucking chance? Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's a lot of people spouting off about things they've heard other people say, I'm sure, without having yeah. tried it. And, you know, you don't have to necessarily play a game to criticize it because otherwise, you know, you wouldn't be saying much in in the landscape of, of the gaming community if you're only talking about games you've had your hands on yourself because there's so many games and it's impossible to play yeah. all of them but at the same time i don't think you should be like there's been i've seen people saying like um you know trying to start a discussion by saying since anthem is a, a trash heap what do you think blah 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 and it's like hold on a really strong way to just you know describe a game that's been out in two days and you definitely yeah. haven't played enough of to just say that you know a few a few negative reviews down that it's a, a piece of trash like yeah it, it got like a 6.5 or something on ign i think the metacritic is around there 664 or 65 or something like that but you know there's been a lot of uh games like this like the division when it came out was received in a similar way i think that got a 6.7 and you know i hate to that's like that's kind of one of the worst reviewed games that I've enjoyed the most. The division. Know? Like it's, it's like, yeah, the division. And yeah. I think other sites probably received it better than that, but because the game isn't perfect, doesn't mean you can't have a lot of fun with it, especially these multiplayer games where, you know, I'm not a big multiplayer gamer. I don't play many of these MMOs. I'm not a big destiny guy or anything like that. So it's kind of, for me, at least I can only speak with my own experience to play one or two of these games a year and for this year to, for it to be anthem and, and the division after at this point like it's not you know i wouldn't give it like a, a really high score if i was going to rate it based on what i've played but it's fun and that's you know that's what games are for like it's the combat is really uh tight and it feels great the weapons and the variety and the different uh, javelins, the different types of suits you can get, it's really yeah. great, and I'm just kind of exploring that at the moment and enjoying that process. Man, Anthem, I mean, it looks beautiful from what I've seen, so I'm not going to buy Anthem, and I'm not going to buy Anthem because I don't think it's good or going to be good. I'm not buying Anthem because, Jonah, like we talked on your podcast, like I've only got X amount of time yeah. to do to gaming stuff, so because the Division, the first Division is one of my fucking all-time favorite games, all of my games as a service time will be put into the division two, mm. and then somewhere down the line, I will eventually pick up Anthem, maybe when it's on yeah. sale. But I mean, I, I I'm willingly choosing to pick up the division two. But from everything I've seen of Anthem, it looks really fucking good. It looks really yeah. good. It's great, and I, I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not expecting to play it for the rest of the year. That's not the way that I'm intending to to play this game. It's mostly I want to play it with my brother. I want to play it for you know 15 or 20 hours until the division comes out which yeah. i should be able to do in the next couple of weeks and then i'll put it down and i'll play the division and if i feel like a game of service type experience that will be what i go to i expect but i'll be able to finish the division and then make my decision as to which of those two games sticks with me or resonates with me the most and i think like based on how much i love the, the first division i think it will be that but we'll see yeah. All right, George. It's definitely what not have you been playing? worthy of the the hate. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I it it does seem like it got bashed pretty hard by reviewers, and then everybody else piled onto the train. But I have a lot of friends that are playing it, and they're they're enjoying the heck out of it. So, you know, I I'm just of that opinion. Like, if you're having fun with it, then who cares what the critics said? But uh, anyway, on to what I'm playing. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Apex Legends. Oh boy. Um. Not much else, actually. 
haven't had too much time to play this week. It's been kind of crazy with work, but uh, yeah, I've got a couple couple wins in. It's been fun. Um, <laughs> You're liking it now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely. <laughs> it's just you know what I I did end up realizing is my mouse sensitivity was just way too damn high. Um, so I dialed that down and I got used to it a little bit better. Now I'm able to place a lot more shots. So. Um, so same I. This week has been really bad for gaming for me. I haven't really had much time um, with the beer job. The beer job just took a little more this week than I anticipated. But uh, what I have been playing is I jumped back into a phone game because I do enjoy mobile games, but more mobile games with an actual, like, not really a game, mobile game as a service. But Guild of Dungeoneering um, is a really, really fun, like, dungeon crawler that involves, like, kind of card battler as well. Um, it's not online. It's once you download it, that's the game. And I've been playing that at work, and I kind of jump back into that. Um, same with uh, Final Fantasy Tactics: War of the Lions. Um, that's another one that I that I've been jumping into and playing again, just because I have it on iOS, and it's a really good port. Nice. <clears throat> but, Tactic, uh, that's, Tactics is the shit. Oh my god! So Tactics is a game where when I originally played it, when I had my P, when I finally got my PS2 and I got to try it out, I was like, God, this game's so hard. I don't get it. Blah blah blah. And much like Final Fantasy VIII, once I understood how it worked, yeah, that game opened up and became much more like easier or yeah. manageable. The same happened with me with that game. My first playthrough, I was just like, Jesus Christ, this game is tough. And then <laughs> just kicking my fucking teeth in. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, it just a switch flipped, and I'm like, Oh, this is how it works. So it's a it's a classic. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that was weird. That man, that what are we playing was uh was relatively quick. Okay, so we are going to take a little break, and you're going to get a, a, a ad sponsoring sponsored by the wonderful Anchor. If you don't know, Anchor is a podcast app. It allows us to make this podcast on basically almost a daily basis. Uh, it's wonderful. So you got an ad coming to Anchor. George, let's take a break. All right. We'll be right back. And welcome back. We are back with the wonderful Jono Peck. My God! Please tell me I said that correctly. I keep... <laughs> That's I, I, I'm doubting myself in my in my in my head. You've nailed it both times, but you've also questioned it both times. I know I've questioned it so many times. Uh, the welcome to the mind of welcome to my mind, where I question names so many times because I, I have such a, I, I fuck up names all the time. Yeah, I do that so much that I just don't say the name. So like real I'd quick, like, I'd be like welcome back, buddy. Real, yeah, yeah. Real, real quick story. So at my high school reunion, I introduced my one of the this girl or lady that I went to high school with, and I'm like, hey, honey, this is Vanessa. She's like Amber, and I was like, let's go sit down and eat. <laughs> it was just fucking instant red face i'm hungry let's go eat goodbye okay so let's get into the topics now jono these topics are geared towards you um george and i like we, we chime in on the stuff that we we feel like we relate to but i generally just like to make the topics around our guests because everyone we bring on generally has like their own little skill set and the stuff that they do fucking awesomely so topic number one with an obvious love of writing what brought you down the path of journalism slash book writing, and why does it hold a spot so near and dear to you? Oh, so writing was always my best subject in school, I guess. Like I felt like it was, it, it just felt easy. It felt natural to me to understand the rules and how words are constructed and grammar and all that kind of thing. Spelling was always um, something I excelled in. So English and writing seemed like the skill that would get me a career and with a uh, father in the newspaper business it seemed like the natural way to use that skill i couldn't really think of any other way to do it so i yeah decided to study journalism and i did that at university then i worked at daily newspapers for about seven years mm -hmm. and that was great experience you know i, I made so many uh, contacts and, and develop so many skills that are applicable to other fields. But, you know, having to chase a story, work to a deadline, you know, just come up with ideas for things and talk to people from all walks of life about all kinds of topics from, you know, agriculture, education, politics, sports, whatever it was you, at these daily newspapers, you just, you just have to go out there and do it because they're, you know, they're regional towns. They're not big cities where you might just get given one field to cover, like you're doing crime or you're doing fashion or whatever it might be. So 
that was great. But I also, in that time, got a chance to do some entertainment writing, which was essentially interviewing the touring bands that would come to town. So you'd get a chance to talk to some musicians that you'd be a big fan of and that kind of thing. So that was quite exciting. And I really had a passion for for that as I've kind of lost track with the music industry. That's not really uh, something that I'm focused on, but it did give me an interest in, um, I guess, writing about the less serious stuff. And yeah. now that I'm so focused on kind of creative works, I often think back to those days as kind of the beginning of um, what I do now with my podcast. So that was um, kind of where I was coming from there with the journalism side of things. But at the same time, I was never really, how do I say this? I was always a bit of the odd person out in the newsroom because I wasn't obsessed with news, if that makes sense. Where no, no, it makes sense. Some people, yeah, like some people are news hounds. You know, they get up in the morning, they get all the newspapers out and they're reading every paper. They're, you know, on top of every story and they just want to know what's happening in the world where I just kind of fell into it because I was good at it. I and, mean, you know, I was good at writing, constructing those kinds of stories. Uh, that you get in, in news writing and it just seemed like a way I could make a living from my uh, but when I was kind of forced to try something else um, which happened when my wife got a job in another city and we had to move I fell out of journalism and, and worked in uh, moved more into kind of marketing and um, public relations and that kind of thing and I found that that's a much better fit for me lately because I'm able to do some more create. Like at the moment, I should say I'm working at a health service, like the biggest health service in my region. And being in that public affairs and communications team, I get to do such a variety of work where it's, um, you know, taking photos, editing, video. Uh, and, you know, I, I did get a chance to do that in journalism, but it was always kind of... Uh, in the mix more than it was more than it is now so it was a small part of what i was doing and i did get a chance to to run a pop culture podcast a newspaper which was actually my first experience podcasting it's yeah it's now in, in the position i'm in now i get a chance to kind of do a bit of everything and do it for a good cause which is you know obviously a health service trying to help the community with healthier lives and that feels great uh, but in between the, the newspaper and the health service was a small period where I worked in a political office and I really didn't like it, right? Yeah. It was so dry. It was so frustrating being in a political system where everything is, um, I guess, it's it, it, like each side is so biased towards itself. There wasn't any creativity for me. And that was when I was kind of disillusioned after leaving a newspaper and having no creative output that was when I wrote my book. So I really just burned through the whole thing in about four months, realized mm -hmm. that with uh, the growing online communities that I was part of, with Kind of Funny, as you've mentioned already, and just online communities in general, I knew that I could get enough support to crowdfund that book. And that's what I did. So I had like to reach 250 pre-orders to get published. And that's- That's your you book, know, that, uh, the, the Spy and the Maven, correct? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And Perfect. so that was in 2017 and, you know, I hit like 270 pre-orders in, in the 30 day period or whatever. It's like kind of like a Kickstarter. Yeah. And um, from there, yeah, it was just like a process of editing and doing layouts and getting it, like pitching it to publishers, eventually deciding that self-publishing was the right way to go about it. So I did that. And now I'm, I think I've sold about 400 copies and working on a, a second book. So it's it's not really a career. It's kind of just something I do on the side and I'm not expecting it to necessarily take me anywhere, but it does open me up to a lot of cool opportunities to like come on podcasts like this and talk about yeah. it. And I've been interviewed by some different publications. So it's a lot of fun. And I, I, I don't see myself becoming a full-time writer because it's so hard to do and it's so hard to crack into that market. And maybe it's just that I'm not good enough at it. I don't know, but it's it's like being a musician, you know, you can be a great in a great band, but that doesn't mean that you're going to go anywhere with it. It doesn't mean that you're going to uh, get the break that you need to make it a full-time career, especially if it's 
something like writing where there's not a lot of money in it like most authors career authors get their doing appearances doing signings and from going to festivals so you know even if you sell a lot of books with a publisher it's not necessarily going to mean that you can quit your day job yeah so i think the reason why why people are so willing to support you especially when it comes to the book because I've seen lots of people on Twitter, you know, ran and rave about it, especially when, when you said that you had those phys physical copies, you had a lot of people hit you up saying, oh, I want one, you know, I'll PayPal you. Um, I think the reason why us as a community, whether it be the kind of fun in the community or a community that follows you is so willing to support you like that is because we see you doing this podcast every single like week. We know your work ethics. So we know that if you wrote a book, it's going to be a good book or <laughs> You know, like, like, like we, yeah. we already see the way that you work on Twitter and how you're always working, how you're always moving, how you, you're never like really like stagnant. So I know like in my case, I'm more willing to put my trust in you than anyone else because I see you doing the work. You're constantly working. You're constantly improving. You're constantly doing something. And I know Jono, Jono has solid, he does solid work. His content is solid content. And if people go, well, how do you know? Like, look at him. He is always moving. He is always working. He's not stagnant. Like that's just the way it is. For the people who make content but are so stagnant on it, you know, some people they're tried and true, and you know, like okay, they're creative. Like we talked with, you know, Chris Reagan. Chris Reagan is creative, and he wants to make stuff that he's proud of. Okay, but there's some people when they're stagnant, it, it's it's a it's a sign that like they either don't want to do it, or the content you're going to get from them isn't it's going to be subpar. And I think that's the reason why people love to support you is because they know that you're gonna be coming in with something quality content because they know that although for maybe one aspect like a book, you haven't released something in a while, they know you're in the background making sure that it's gonna be something good, something creative and something worth our time. Yeah, I think you said, uh, first of all, thank you. And secondly, you said something on my podcast, which I guess this is another little teaser, <laughs> but you talked about how you were in bands before and it's quite similar to me. Like once that band or that lifestyle found yourself like how can i what what's my next creative outlet how can i create something because i can't just sit on my hands and be a dad or i can't just be a you know whatever you do at the casino like you have yeah. to <laughs> you know uh and i think that i'm the same way where i, I feel like we're created to create something like yes it's, it's in us it's like whether we are quote unquote creatives in the space of you know music poetry art or we are builders creating bridges flying planes like i think everyone has this innate desire to make something to see their work manifest in some way uh, whether it is something physical or something different like I, I just think that that's part of it and that's for me is in creating something for other people to you know respond to to appreciate to to be entertained casting to the books to videos that i've always enjoyed doing that's and, and music as well like I, I think that that is just part of me and i think it always will be like i just can't even imagine like even with you know kids in in the uh, in the horizon and anything like that like just being someone that lives their life inside a space of not creating it's it's a weird concept to me George, what you got for this? No, I feel the same. Like I, I I've always felt like uh, I have to create something or, or have an outlet, you know. And even with my busy schedule, like try to make time to do that. I.e., this show. So yeah, it's uh, it's 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 good to have that. Yeah, I think everybody needs that. Whether, like like you said, Jonah, if they're a builder, like my brother builds RC cars and stuff a lot. And, you know everyone has that outlet they want to see their work manifest for sure gardening like it's as satisfying as it to like plant something and grow it and look out the window and just like that can be the equivalent of putting out a podcast for some people i think so before we go on to the next topic i want to ask you you said that you did some music writing yeah, I mean, I used to muck around in a few bands, I'd say. Okay, okay, let me throw out some Australian bands because I don't know what it is about Australia, but when a band gets big from Australia, they are fucking phenomenal. So, let me throw out some band names real quick and see if you know any of them. I don't know right. if you're in the same kind of music as me. I'm more in, like, metal, post-hardcore, stuff like that. But you said you did, like, Under Oath, so there might be a chance. Um, so, to throw out some names, number one, Hands Like Houses. 
a wonderful band. I think they're on their fourth studio album with Rise Records. Number two, In Hearts Wake. They're more of the metal post-hardcore uh, group. And then number, th number three, Northlane, who is on their second vocalist but still has put out some very solid music. Any of those bands sound familiar? Northlane does ring a bell. The others, yeah. not so much. Uh, you'd have to go back to like the 2000s and the 90s for me to <laughs> to connect okay. with that, unless they're a mainstream artist, because I've just, like I mentioned before, fallen out of keeping up with music. All of my tastes are from... Uh, yeah. the younger years you know once you hit that age once you hit 27 uh, a lot of people just like me just freeze their tastes in uh, in music and struggle to keep up and that's definitely been the case that's I'm, uh, I'm 31 I'm 31 now but it probably happened for me when I was like 23 no no that's definitely me I listen to a lot of like metal post hardcore stuff like that it's just it's just uh it's just a genre I really love I mean I listen to a bunch of other genres you know not to get in the weeds of music, but it's just it's just a genre I like. like it's fucking angry, and I love it. Um, okay, so, topic two. With 107 episodes of putting in work recorded, what do you do to keep it fresh and exciting? Then, so that's the first question. Then, the second question is, what are some of the guests that really stuck with you over the years? Because, and, and don't give me the whole, well, every guest has been great. There's going to be, <laughs> out of 107 episodes, yeah. there's got to be two or three people where you were just like, fucking jazz the interview. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I guess keeping it fresh and exciting is all about, like, I have more or less kept the same format the whole time. I still more or less start and finish with the same questions that form the structure of the show. Mm -hmm. And if you listen, like, if you actually made the effort to, like, break it down, you would see that there is very much a formula to the way I do this interviews and that's the nature of, of uh, interviewing I think um, you do have to respond and tailor it to the individual and, and go with where the conversation leads and that's something that some people are, are amazing at like you listen to like a Mark Maron podcast or Bill Simmons um, and they're two huge podcasters who seem to just have conversations in the guise of an interview yeah. and that's something where I wish I could do a bit more like that, but coming from a journalistic background, it just naturally, I just fall into this thing where it's mostly the other person talking and I'm just asking the questions. But as far as keeping it fresh, yeah, it's definitely just getting people on the show who interest me and um, finding different angles mm -hmm. to bring in new people. Like, for example, with yourself, Anthony, like there's been times where I've been like, okay, I need to get someone huge. I need to get someone that's really famous and big and get them on the podcast because then more people will want to hear it. But then there's times where I realize that there's these human interest stories that are just as, as great and everyone has their own story to tell. So so you, for example, you've got the Twitch stream, you've got the podcast and you've got you know the family situation, but you've also uh, got Tourette's and we can talk about that and how they all kind of interconnect as part of your overall journey and your story to become who you are today. And I think that occasionally I'll, I'll sprinkle a, a story like that in amongst the kind of bigger internet celebrities that I try to get on because, you know, you do want to get those kinds of people because they are more interesting most of the time than the average Joe. But it, yeah, that's not to take anything away from what every individual has as their own kind of story, I think. Does that like, make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I'm so happy to be your first Tourette's. <laughs> um, I mean that I, that I know of. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah exactly. like, like I've had people on talking about like having autism and things like that, and it, it is interesting. Like I have a natural interest in disability, or in um, you know how people can overcome whatever they've got, whether it's like people who've had drug habits or criminal records. I've got a couple episodes where people have come on to talk about how they've overcome those things to do what they're doing now, and it's it's um, it comes through the same um through the same pipeline of inspiration which is one of the main themes like i want the podcast to motivate people and i think it does i, I know it does because people tell me um and i don't set out for myself to be the one that's inspiring people it's mostly just i want to be the platform for that to happen through the stories that get told uh, so you know in that sense i think talking to people doing amazing things keeps it fresh because when I hear their stories, you know, it motivates me to keep doing the podcast and then the listeners can hopefully feel that same sense and 
and then it's just a beautiful cycle. <laughs> Definitely. I want to touch on your um, what you said about keeping parts of the podcast the same every time. And I think that every great podcast um, has those beats, you yeah. know, that, that, that they don't miss and that the audience wants to hear. Um, I know, like, with George, when we were coming up with the template for this podcast, it was, okay, so the intro always has to be the same. You know, there's, like, two or three key themes that always need to be the same because people want that consistency. And, uh, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, when you can keep consistency in a podcast, especially with little quips here and there. What is it, the Game Over Greggy show where sometimes four, four sometimes five best friends gather wrong, boom, boom, this table, yeah. you know, like like those kind yeah. of things. Yeah, I think that that's a familiarity that people enjoy and something for them to – it's like a, a, a mental marker for where they are in the show. Yeah. When people listen to my show and they hear me ask – the question I often ask, like, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? Like, that's kind of just setting up to end the podcast with something a bit more uh, fun or thought-provoking, and then, you know, the music comes in and it's all over. So it's kind of, yeah, it's uh, very much a formula. And I found that that's the way that in life break down to, like, whether you're building a house, whether you're cooking, baking a cake, whether you're doing an interview way to break it down into one plus one equals two and that's the way that i find it easy to approach stuff like that definitely well so, yeah so you want to know some of the best interviews or my favorites yeah, yeah. i want to know i want you to dish out the dirt i want you to be like this person <laughs> than the, i want you to name i want social security numbers yeah right okay <laughs> well no, you don't have to. You don't have, you don't have to throw dirt, but I just want to know, like, yeah, who's, sure. who's the, who are those influ influential guests that you were just super fucking hyped to have on? Yeah, so there's a few, like, there's a there's a few different ways to look at it. There's people who mean significant uh, something significant to me, and there's people who I've been proud of that I've been able to get them on the show uh, because of what it means about the success of the show, for example. So, so if I can use an example there might be someone out there that doesn't know who I am. And if I can pitch the, I can say, yes, they'll do it. That feels good to me because it's like validation that I'm doing something good, that this person would want to be involved with it. Yeah. Um, that from that perspective, Shay Serrano is someone I'm really proud to get on the podcast. If you don't know Shay, he's a writer and an author. Uh, he works at the ringer. Okay. which is a huge HBO-owned uh, pop culture and sports website that was born out of Grantland, which was ESPN's pop culture and sports website. Um, okay. And he's the number one best-selling author on the New York Times um, bestseller list, which is amazing. He's like mostly known for his hip-hop and NBA um, coverage. Amazing because, first of all, he's had a, an, an amazing story as someone that was like, working in construction and then just decided I to be a writer you know he had no experience in it and he just did it and he was such a hilarious personality that it, it came through in his writing and he was able to develop a, an amazing voice for, for getting that across so it was great to talk to him but also for him to you know I asked him in the interview why did you agree to do this podcast and he's like, I could just tell that you weren't going to take no for an answer. Like he could just see that I was determined, and that meant a lot to me to to see that he was recognizing uh, that I was there to 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 nail him down and actually make it happen at any cost. And the cost there was an actual cost because I had to call his phone. Like he was in Texas, and I had to call him from here and talk to him and record him that way because he wasn't at a computer or anything like that. Uh, so that was definitely one that I'll remember for a long time. That's cool. Yeah, he witnessed your drive, and he witnessed that that you were, like, legitimate. I fucking love that shit, man. God, it's so good. That's what I'm telling you about, Jono. I'm here to hype you up, Jono. God damn it. You inspire me. Oh, I'm about to jump through my wall. I'm about to just break down that door and yell at my neighbors. Get something done. I don't know. It just gets so hype. <laughs> Oh. Like I'm talking to talking to Snowbike Mike, giving him a run for his money. Fuck, man. Hype, well, man. This, this is the stuff that in, this is the kind of stuff that inspires me is hearing the people that I look up look up to like talk about what inspires them and like stories of like that kind of stuff gets me fucking on fire. Makes me want to. 
it makes me want to do better. It makes me want to go through every single template I've written and rewrite it and make it eight times better uh, like for no apparent reason than just to do it. Like, oh, it gets me so pumped. It's cool. <laughs> cool, man. Um, Thanks. Okay, if so you do you hear, have a... Yeah, do you want to hear some others? Yeah, I would love to hear some others. Yeah. All right. So episode 100, as you probably know from following me recently, was uh, Game Over Greggy, Greg Miller, who was also my first guest. Um, so, you know, for a bit of background, the way that the podcast started was that I got a media pass to RTX Sydney and Greg and Tim from Kind of Funny were appearing as guests. So that was that, that was that year member, where, where Greg came, Greg came yeah. down to what, the Undertaker theme song and drank all the beers. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a <laughs> Sandman. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as someone on the media, you know, list, I got to interview them both uh, for about 15 minutes each, which was the start of the podcast, episode one and two, which really set me up for a long time of kind of establishing an audience and that kind of thing, which was great and really instrumental to the show taking off. But agreed to come back and do a full episode for episode 100 meant a lot to me because uh, he, like he doesn't do any podcasts really. Like he just, it's just, he's kind of just got a rule like, yeah, don't do like audio, like community podcasts, I think is the way they describe it because, you know, there'd be so many requests and he's oh, yeah. such a, such a busy guy. You know, he's got, for people who don't know Greg, he's got 1.7 million Twitter followers or something like that. It's just a, a super successful, popular gaming personality. And, uh, for, him, for you know we've got a bit of a relationship through having met and I, I went over to san francisco for kind of funny life three and i'm not saying that we're like best friends or anything like i mean i am a kind of funny best friend that's what they no, call no, you've us you've got a common as, ground as though yeah, with the uh, like like a local newspaper you guys have that common ground yeah i mean yeah we have some some similarities in where we've come from but like i'm not like one of the like you know there's, there's people in that community that you see interacting with them all the time that they're you know they're oh, essentially yeah, yeah. real life friends of, of the of the kind of funny cast and they're interacting they're in the, ch the twitch chat like snowbike mike for example like he's a guy that they would probably consider a friend they're always giving him a shout out and yeah i'm not like saying I don't, I don't consider myself on that level so for me to reach out to greg after you know occasionally we'd email i'd email him and say like hey you guys doing great keep it up and he'd say thanks or whatever um so reach out to him and for him to recognize that it was um it would mean a lot to me for him to do episode 100 and for him to actually agree to it like that meant a lot that was really special and getting a chance to talk about what they've done the past couple of years was great and similarly i've um probably the one episode that i'm most uh that i probably enjoyed the most was the most satisfying was talking to colin moriarty formerly from kind of funny yeah. I'm now doing Colin's Last Stand because I've been such a fan of his for a long time. You know, the way that he was uh, involved at IGN with his writing and then what he brought to Kind of Funny as a personality that was so different from everyone else and uh, being like having such a articulate way that he would communicate his views and his arguments and opening a lot of people to discussions in politics. Like It was really great to talk to him and get to know him as a person because like yourself, Anthony, um, after that I was invited to go onto his podcast, Fireside Chats. Yeah. Like we are now, I talked about writing my book. I talked about podcasts and it was just great to get to know him and see how much of a great guy he is. How a lot of the rumors are trash about him. As, as yeah, he's a phenomenal would... human being. Like he's yeah. just one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Now, granted, I like I'll give you. I only was with him for two or three hours, but he 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 felt genuine and his online two or three persona... hours more than that's yeah. two or three hours more than the people that love to. Yeah, exactly. I just think that his but, online yeah. persona gets more of. Yeah, I mean, we could go into the weeds on this one. It's just I've met Colin. He was a super, fucking awesome, nice guy. And I, yeah, I would agree with that. Like it was like that experience was just such a great thing because, you know, as much as it was great to talk to Greg, um, talking to Colin, he was like, you know, how are you? Thanks for doing this. Like we talked before, we talked after. He opened up to me about, you know, some of the stuff that he's been through over the previous year and told me that, 
you know, he was starting this podcast with his brother Dagan that had since become Knockback and been really successful. So it was just like, there was no, like there was a sense that he actually cared about me and he recognized that it was important to me to, to talk. And I really, yeah, just, and aside from, from those three that I've mentioned, and we talked about this one as well, talking to Tony from Motion City Soundtrack was great because that's just a band that I've been a fan of for my whole adult life and my second favorite band of all time. And it, I just was completely fanboying out with a chance to ask him about these albums that were recorded, like, <laughs> I don't know, 15 years ago and asking yeah, like, him about the nitty gritty of what was it like doing this? And, you know, how did you do that? Like, it was just, that was the most fanboy interview I've done as much as I tried to hide it. That's fucking awesome. It's it's always one of those things like George and I definitely have I'm sure George has has a favorite a couple of favorites I know I've got a couple of favorites um I know like Nick DiPaolo was was one person that we interviewed that he just has like this man this air about him this chutzpah that just kind of like inspires you kind of like you like just like he's just so upbeat and knows what he wants and it's just something that like yeah usually guests that inspire me like like that just know what the fuck they want and they're like I'm that's what I want I'm getting it point A to B I'll go whatever way I got to go to get it. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it, it, whenever we, we come across individuals like yourself, Jonah, or, or like uh, Anthony said, Nick, uh, it's 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 just amazing to and inspiring to, to be able to chat with you guys and, and get inside your heads and, and and just listen to your experience. It's 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 awesome. I think that uh, one of the best things about podcasting if you're doing it the right way is the way that it opens you up to a community of people. You know, there's a lot of us out there doing this. And when we collaborate like we are now, yourself to not only people who understand what you're about, what you're trying to do, they understand that, but you're exposing yourself to this audience of theirs that can then listen to you and say, you know, that guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. And they can become a fan of your podcast if, if they enjoy what you have to say. So it's like a really great way to grow great experience at the same time. So I, I find that col collaboration is one of the key things in podcasting. And I just love doing guest appearances like this and seeing how other people record and edit their podcasts. Is, it's like everyone has a different way of doing it and um, different, you know, we're, we're on Discord now. I use Google Hangouts and I've done just about every single way there is to do a podcast by this point <laughs> yeah i think we have okay, too so, <laughs> yeah oh yeah we've we've, we've had a couple some, different uh, we've, yeah we've, we've had a couple through some iterations <laughs> i've done like team server and i've done like skype and like OBS, well, that's the other thing is, is like is like with us like george always finds a way and then in that it helps me like uh upgrade mine as well so I have all the credit to George on constantly making our audio efforts better and better with each podcast. I try. I know there's some, there are some episodes like you mentioned earlier when uh, discord was popping off a few weeks ago, it just seemed to be terrible, but when we get it dialed in, it works great. Yeah, it's like, okay, an, well, it's like an old radio. You got to hit it. <laughs> you got to give it a kick or give hit it, it with a wrench. Yeah. Just knock <laughs> the tap the top of it. It'll work eventually. Okay. Jono, last question. Uh, if you could get any guest on that has never been on or it hasn't been on yet, any guest that's 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 living right now, who would you get? And it doesn't matter who it is, like they're gonna get on it. That someone who you haven't had on yet. Anyone, anyone. It's uh, it's Chuck Klosterman. I don't know if you know this guy, but he is uh, a former journalist, a writer, a novelist, um, and just an amazing mind to me. Like he's my key inspiration as a writer um, not that he writes much fiction most of it's essays and interviews uh, but if you look up some of the stuff that he's done the way that he approaches an interview is unlike anyone else I've read and I guess it's more of that like Rolling Stone kind of era okay. of, uh, of feature writing but you know he's worked at like Spin Magazine and ESPN and New York Times and Will's like <laughs> There's an interview with Val Kilmer that I remember where he's like at Val Kilmer's Buffalo Ranch and they're talking about the buffalo. And it's just like the, the way that he 
he thinks and the questions that he asks, they just warp my mind into a, a new way of thinking and, and the essays that, that he will put together. Uh, yeah, just he, he's most well known for a book called Sex, Drugs and Cocoa Puffs, which came out in like, I don't know, 2001 or something. And that's probably sold more than his other books combined. And it would be very dated by now with some of the uh, cultural references like say like there's essays in there about saved by the bell and the real world and um empire strikes back being like a, a metaphor for generation x and it's just a, a really great read and <laughs> definitely recommend him to anyone that's uh, interested in that kind of thing but he's my definitely my key guest and if i ever got him it could be the end of the podcast because i'm not sure if i could ever top it <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jono. First and foremost, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I just I, I appreciate you uh, writing me back on Twitter and just being a fucking awesome and a real dude. Um, I mean, you just yes. you just said that I was a dream guest, and if if you say that, I'm gonna say yes. Like I like making dreams come true, so you're welcome. Yes, thank okay, you so next much. Up, next up, Jono, please tell everybody where they can find you. I want every single plug that you have, whether it be for the book, oh, yes. social media, everything. Tell everyone everything. Well, I'm just going to adjust my mic because we're going to settle in now. Settle in, everybody. <laughs> Buckle up. So on Twitter and all social medias, you can find me on, uh, at, sorry, Jono himself. That's J-O-N-O himself. And the book is The Spy and the Maven, which is available at Amazon and all the online retailers, basically. If you're an Australian listener, I've got uh, some physical copies that I can sign and send out. And if you're willing to pay for postage, I can probably send them anywhere else it's just uh, probably not worth your while to be honest with the, with the cost uh and what else do i have putting in work comes out every wednesday in the u.s it's uh interview podcast as we've covered off here and there's a lot of uh there's 107 episodes for you to go back and dig through if you want to check some of those out that we've discussed and then the podcast itself is part of a network called 8-bit over here which is you know it's our attempt at becoming the australian rooster teeth i guess there's a whole lot of podcasts there from video games and D and news and current affairs and uh what else do we have we've got a movie podcast and mine's one of those and we've just joined patreon so if you want to check out what's available there listen to some of the podcasts that's over at patreon.com slash we are eight bit a-t-e-b-i-t i was and... just about to say <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of eight bits out there, so, yeah. so we're we're going with the food puns. By the way, our... um, congratulations on hitting that first stretch goal. Yeah, thanks, thanks. That's um, it's it's a difficult thing to put a Patreon together when you have so many people, but we've um, yeah, happy with hitting that first stretch goal so far. And the next one, if we can hit, I think it's like three hundred dollars a month, is uh, starting a '90s comedy rewatch podcast, which I'm going to host. So we get to go back and watch some of those. You know, the Adam Sandler, the Jim Carrey movies, talk about them and see how they hold up, see if people could make them in, in 2018 and, well, sorry, 2019 now. And, uh, you know, just, yeah, things that wouldn't work these days. I, I'm interested to see that as a, a big fan of the 90s, you know, uh, being uh, happy Gilmore. years old. Oh, yeah. Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison could not work. No yeah. way. They're definitely, on my, they're definitely <laughs> on my list, yeah. And it's like, what's the most... <laughs> what's the most 90s moment of this movie and it's like which which gags were hilarious at the time but just wouldn't work you know and it, it pains me to think that you know i'm gonna have to look at ace ventura and try and decide whether him talking out of his butthole is gonna work in 2019 or probably not so you know <laughs> it was a wild time it was a wild time indeed the 90s it's also the question of like was it funny in the 90s or were we just dumb kids that's the ace ventura is still funny ace ventura i've run into this dilemma with other stuff uh jay and silent bob strike back is not a good movie adult anthony hates that movie but teenage anthony loved it yeah i know like uh, that that was a movie i thought was hilarious when i was younger and now i see it and i'm just like this shit's kind of not that funny to me i mean I, I love everything that kevin smith makes but for some reason as an adult that does not click yeah i just be too much jay is that possible yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i, I it's just that movie as a whole. It's it's a really weird movie, but 13-year-old me fucking loved it and watched it probably a million times. All right, Jono. That's, that's, that's the podcast, so if we can hit $300 a month, it's going to happen. So. <laughs> um, it, 
anything else you need to plug or anything else you, you would love to plug i think that's it that's that's a lot of stuff the book the podcast the twitter the patreon well, yeah spoiler alert i'm gonna plug it all again uh, after we take the break so we generally do like our outro so i just want everybody to go to all of your stuff and just support so i'm gonna plug it again so um all right jono thank you so much for coming on to the podcast uh I just we appreciate it so much. It's it's been a fucking delight talking to you. It was an absolute um, pleasure. It's been a lot of fun, and I'm down to do it anytime. Maybe not anytime, but another time for sure. <laughs> We're gonna hit you at <laughs> one in the morning. Joe, don't wake your ass up. We're podcasting. Yeah, I mean we've already covered my story, so I don't know what we talk about, but I'm sure we find something. We'll talk about uh, I don't know. What's your what is your favorite place to have a midnight kiss? I don't know. I couldn't think of of anything funny off off the top of my head. But anyways, Jono, thank you so much for coming by to the podcast. Uh, We appreciate it. It was good talking to you. Have a good one. All right, everybody. We are back. Man, what a pleasure with Jono, huh? Oh, absolutely. That was was a great episode. Fuck, dude. I just – I love these episodes with with guests that just – I don't know, man. Like I said in the like like I said in there, just I get so hype and inspired, and I just I can't fucking hold that in. Like yeah. I just, it's it's oh. it, I think it's 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 our fellow creative minds, and and when you put so many of us together in a in, in, in a chat like this, the the sparks just start flying. Dude, yeah, you know, yeah, I one hundred percent agree with you. Okay, so I told Jono. Oh, I mean, I was gonna do it either way, but uh, please, everybody, check Jono out. Um, let's go off some of his stuff. You can find him at Twitter at jono himself that's j-o-n-o himself uh also on twitter is at puttin in work that's p-u-t-t-n-i-n work pod find him on instagram at jono himself um check out his book the spy and the maven you can find it on amazon also i wanted to plug out too that jono has written for ign the sydney morning herald and the age so he's journalist author podcaster he's a triple threat <laughs> that's a, i told him that already but he's basically a triple threat um all right so remember if you'd like to be part of the podcast leave us a message via the anchor app by going to the dad's beards nerds podcast homepage on the app that's the anchor app or go to anchor.fm slash dad's beards nerds you can leave it there as well there you'll be able to tap the message button and leave a voice message for us to showcase answer your questions or just have a good laugh at it at what you've left us don't leave anything dickish we won't air it and we'll probably just laugh at you either way so uh that was episode 19 uh until next time i'm anthony and i'm george and thank you guys for coming out and listening have a good night <laughs>